real high, and we're going to make sure you get a lesson. All the way on this side, fellas, all the way. I don't even know where they at. Who's passing them out? All right, Mr. Cockrell. Got a couple right here all the way down to the front. Got one down here in the front. All right, Proverbs chapter number 2. Isn't it good to be saved? All right, we're going to have, I had, I had about three more points to give you all tonight, uh, but I can't do it because we got to get done quick. Uh, we're going to have to go over some more stuff for Easter this weekend. How many of y'all are excited about Easter weekend? Yes, we're going to have a great time. So uh, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to narrow this study uh, down by about 15 to 30 minutes. Ha, 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 ha. So uh, we'll do what we can. Amen. Uh, but we're going to look in Proverbs chapter number 2, and there's going to be some words, there's going to be some words I want you to underline, because they will really stand out as we study the chapter, they'll really stand out, and you, anybody else need a lesson, he's still going like a mad hatter, anybody need a lesson, right here, right here on the front, all right, they almost missed you, Amber, what is up with that, all right, tighten up, it's the music man too, how about that, okay, anybody else need a lesson, we don't want to miss nobody. All right, all right, here we go, here we go. If you're here for the very first time tonight, we are glad you're here. Say amen. amen. We're glad you're here. Tonight, on Wednesday nights, we do a Bible study. We go through chapter by chapter by chapter uh, uh, and explain the Bible as God gives it to us. How many of y'all believe the Bible means what it says and says what it means? Amen. And it doesn't really matter how we feel about it. It's amazing the controversy that's going on today. And people are, are putting on Facebook and in the newspaper and on the news how they feel feel or what they think about something but really how you feel and think is irrelevant when it comes to God's word he is the authority his word is the authority and it's not he said it we believe it that settles it it's he said it that settles it so we believe it amen so let's do this let's study uh, chapter two tonight and we're still on the theme of wisdom proverbs is the wisdom book it's about wisdom amen and two things we're going to look at, knowledge and wisdom. We have a part that we play. God has a part that he plays. And when those two parts play together, it works for our benefit. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So, are you ready? All right, let's look in Proverbs chapter number 2. The Bible says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge uh, for, uh, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasures, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler uh, uh, to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of the saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. To deliver thee from the evil man, say that with me, to deliver thee from the evil man, now verse 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman, say that with me, to all right, verse 12, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man. Verse 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your mercy. God, we love you tonight. We thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Get your pens. Get your pens and take your Bibles. And I want you, if you have a Bible you're allowed to write in, 
I want you to, I want you to do this. I, I want you to circle some words. I want you to circle some words because they're really important that these stand out. As you're reading this chapter, uh, and by the way, the more you read something, the more it's going to stand out and the more you're going to understand it and get it. Uh, you say, I don't ever get the Bible. Read it, read it, read it, read it. Uh, sometimes I'll read something and it doesn't, doesn't do anything. Second time, doesn't do anything. Third time, it just pops out there. Sometimes it takes rep- repetition. I, I, I'm not the, I, I, don't, I don't comprehend things real, real quick, real fast, so sometimes I've got to read things over and over again. But if we focus on the Word, the Bible talks about meditating. Meditating. How many of y'all have ever seen a cow in, in, in the field? All right. Everybody ain't seen a cow. How many of y'all drink milk? Close enough. All right. A cow out in the field, a cow out in the field, he will, he, will, he will reach down and he'll get some grass and he'll chew that grass and, 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 and he'll put it in a pouch somewhere and then later on he'll bring it back up and chew his cud. Now, what is that? That's pre-digested food. That's food that he has gotten earlier. Are you all with me? Now, what that means is this. That all it is to meditate is you've read something, you've studied something, You've looked at something, and you're bringing it back to your memory, and you're chewing on it. You're chewing on it. You're thinking about it. Uh, happy happy or blessed, you know, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate. That just means think about it. Think about it. I've had people say, well, how did you get that out of that chapter? I thought about it. And Larry, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, trust me, I'm no super saint. Ask my wife. Say amen. Nobody has a monopoly on the Bible. Do you realize God will speak to you just like he speaks to me or any other uh, uh, a Christian or pastor? Uh, but you have to take the time to think. Bring it back up. Think about it. Think about it. Because as you're thinking about it, it's working on you. It's working on you and working in you. Amen? So, Here's what I want you to do. You got your pen? Everybody got your pen? Here's, here's some words we're going to underline tonight. First, I want you to underline the word if in verse 1. If in verse 3. And if in verse 4. All right, we have three ifs. If thou wilt receive my word. If thou criest after knowledge, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasures. So y'all get that? How many of y'all underline that so far? Underline it, circle, however you want to do it. Make it stand out. Make it stand out. Now I want you to underline uh, two words, uh, same word, verse 5, then. Underline then, or, uh, or circle, circle then. I've got just about all the chapter underlined, so I circled it so it would stand out more. In verse 9, in verse 9, circle then. So, so far, so far we have if, then we have, you never have an if without a Catching on? All right, so we have an if. Then we have a then. Now watch this in verse 12. What's the first word? Two. All right, circle it. Two. Two. Verse 
16. Verse 16. First word, two. Circle it. So now, so far in this chapter, and really to get the gist of the chapter, we have, we have what's the first word? If. if. Second word? If. Then. Third word? If. Two. Now here's how this is going to work. If. Say this with me. If is my responsibility. All right, all right. Let's try it together. You ready? If is okay. Then is God's responsibility. To give us what we need. To give us what we need. Now here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. A lot of times, a lot of times we as Christians sit back and wait for God to do something for us that he's commanded us to do. Oh God, meet my need. Have you worked? Oh God, supply my, all right, he said, if a man don't work, neither should he eat. Now, if we sit back and are lazy and we don't do one part of what God has commanded us to do, he's not going to give us a sandwich. Because he would contradict his word. And he's not going to do that. Now, you'll find out through this chapter that a lazy person is not going to get anything. It's just not going to happen. Because there are some things that is God's responsibility, then, or our responsibility, then there are some things that's God's responsibility so we can have what we need. Does that make sense? Now, here's, what, here's one thing I want you to see, and I hope everybody can see this if there's not too much of a glare on this, but I want you to, I want you to put this somewhere on your paper, on, maybe on the bottom of the back side of that. I want, you to, I want you to write this. God and man. All right. Now, Two words in your two words in your in your notes. Two words in your notes. Knowledge and wisdom. Say that with me. Alright, now let's look at the first few verses. My son, if what's the next word? Thou. It doesn't say if God. It says if. That means it's our responsibility. This word has to do with us. If thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if, now y'all getting this? Just starting to, we see, hey, this is a repetition. This is us. This is our responsibility. This is what we're supposed to do in the deal. If thou criest after knowledge, if thou liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid gold or hid treasures, then, then it says the things that God's going to do for us. All right, now. What is, what is God's responsibility? What is God's responsibility? To give knowledge and give wisdom. Now, what is man's responsibility? To gain wisdom. Excuse me. 
knowledge and to gain wisdom. Now, specifically this part. All right? Now, God's going to make it easy on us. God's going to make it easy on us, period. All right? And, and I'll, show you, I'll show you how. God's responsibility is to give knowledge and to give wisdom. Man's responsibility is to gain knowledge and gain wisdom. All right? Now, what is knowledge? It's the acquisition of information. Knowledge means to know. Say that with me. Knowledge means to know. It means you know something. I have knowledge about preaching. I have knowledge about the Bible. I have knowledge about church growth. So that means I know something about the Bible. I know something a little bit about preaching. I know something about church growth. Okay? So does that make sense? Now, Brother Dorgan could say, I know how to build a 350 Chevy small block. I can't say that because I don't have that knowledge. I don't know how to do that. I would be lost. Now, we have to acquire information. We have to gain knowledge. Now, the difference between knowledge and wisdom is this. Knowledge is the acquisition of information or the information you know, what you know, and then knowledge is the right use of that information. How many of y'all know somebody that know, don't say no names or point or nothing like that? But how many of y'all know somebody that knows a lot of stuff but they're dumb as a brick? It seems like, it seems like they have all this information and they, they have no idea how to put it all together. Amen? That's, that's what we're looking at. We have, there are people that are really, 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 really smart but they're not wise. They're not wise, and there's a difference. Now, here's the deal. In these three, I wanted to did all, do all of them tonight, and, and, and probably going to go too long with what I got, but uh, I wanted to deal with the if, the then, and the two. If we do our part, God will do his part to accomplish something, all right? Now, but let's cover just the first one, the if, our part. What is our part in the deal? Uh, and it's really important. It's really important that we do this. We have to gain knowledge. We have to know some stuff. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of... Have you ever heard the phrase, uh, what you don't know won't hurt you? That's a lie from hell. What you don't know can hurt you. What you don't know will hurt you. Listen, ignorance is destroying America today. Ignorance is destroying homes today. Ignorance is destroying churches today. Uh, people, uh, it, 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 the, the media, the TV, all the technology we have has destroyed people's uh, attention span. And, and because of that, we have, we have a generation of kids that can't sit down five minutes and retain something. And for that, we're very ignorant of a lot of stuff. And he says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why do we need to know something? Why do we need to know something? Knowledge is real important. Here's, here's the deal I want you to get. What does knowledge do for us? Why is knowledge so important? Uh, knowledge gives substance to faith. Knowledge gives substance to faith. What does that mean? What does that mean? I, I, somebody told me yesterday, well, preacher, I believe. I said, what do you believe? Well, I'm a believer. What do you believe? 
you got to believe. What do you believe? Because your faith is based on what you believe. Now, if you don't know something, your faith is going to be very weak. But the more you know, the stronger your faith is. The more I know how strong that chair is, the more I know how sturdy that chair is, the more faith I'm going to have to place my weight upon it. What does that mean? Many people don't know nothing about God. That's why they're so leery about putting their faith in Him. But the more you know Him, the more you understand Him, the more you realize His power, the more you know His character, the more you know His love for you, the more you know His ability, the more you know His strength and His knowledge, the easier it is to put your faith in Him. Because knowledge gives substance to faith. Don't just tell people you believe. You need to be able to know what you believe. The Bible says, be ready to give an answer to any man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We need to know some stuff. Well, I just, I just know Jesus loves me. That's not enough. That's not enough. That's why there are so many young people that are coming out of churches and Sunday school today that go to these secular colleges and these liberal colleges and they're getting eaten up and spit out because they don't know where they stand. And you have liberal professors who, who, who just can just dazzle people with words and they don't have a base foundation. They don't have a solid, secure foundation for their faith and they're getting washed away. Say amen. You got to know something. Knowledge gives substance to faith. Knowledge stabilizes us during times of testing. It's a whole lot easier, it's a whole lot easier to stand in the fire when you know God's hands on the thermostat. And you know that he's got a plan. And you know that he's not allowing you to go through something without a purpose. And you know that you'll never face anything that's not filtered through his loving fingers. Say amen. Knowledge helps when we're going through times of testing. Knowledge enables us to handle the word of God accurately. Don't you love when people quote a verse and have no clue what they're talking about? Y'all remember what I said about that lady when I was in South Carolina? She said, Preacher, tell this woman there's going to be more people in heaven than there's going to be in hell, even if Jesus has to turn the rocks and trees into children. I said, What? I said, Who told you that? My mama? Oh, boy. And that was, I'm, 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 this is a legitimate situation. What happened? They took a verse out of the Bible. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem on the donkey, and they are laying palms in front of him, and they're crying, Hosanna to the king. Hosanna to the king. It's his triumphal entry into Jerusalem before his crucifixion, and the Pharisees come out of the temple, and they're upset about it, and they're mad as fire, and, it, and they tell Jesus, you need to make these people be quiet. And he said, if they are quiet, the rocks and trees will cry out. So they took a verse and turned it around, watch this, watch this, to fit what they wanted to believe. Because see, it's, it feels a lot better to your conscience to think there's going to be more people in heaven than there is hell, even though the Bible says straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction, and many 
many. But what are we, it's, it's the same thing that's happening in society today. We want to take a verse and twist it so it will fit what we want to believe instead of fitting what we believe to what the Scripture says. Amen? Knowledge enables us to handle the Word of God accurately. Knowledge equips us to detect and confront error. You need to, you need to know when somebody's... Because see, the devil's not going to come at you with a complete blatant lie. He's going to come at you with, with bits and pieces of truth and then slip poison inside of it. So you need to know what truth is. And there's nothing that can detect uh, a, a lie or an untruth like truth. Knowledge makes us confident and consistent in our walk with God. Man, that's true. I went. I, <laughs> I was at the Chevrolet dealership when, 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 when Dorgan worked there and he had that motor tore apart. It looked like somebody took a hand grenade and set it on the, on the, on the, on the dash of that Ford or that, that Chevrolet and blow pieces all over the kingdom come. Say amen. I'm like just getting nervous sitting there thinking about And I said, man, when are you going to get this thing? I thought it was going to be the Christmas before we got it together. He said a couple hours. And he did. Why? He had confidence. He knew something. He knew how to do it. I was out here uh, the, uh, earlier and, and Jalen and Dustin were standing here, and there was wires just shooting everywhere. And I was sitting there looking at it, and I just grabbed my Bible. They said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to my office. This doesn't make me nervous. <laughs> I'm not making it up. Is that not exactly what happened? But they knew where wires went. They knew what went where, and it didn't bother them a bit. How many of y'all are confident in your walk? How many of y'all are confident to the point that when you go on the street and somebody's come, hey, man, can you help me get to heaven? What would you do? Let me get the preacher on the phone. Or do you have confidence? I used to think, I used to think there was a time. It was a, you know what? I, this, this, I don't want to really throw you out here, but you know there's a Bible, there's a Bible verse that says sometimes we entertain angels unawares. How many of y'all know that's in the Bible? So there may have been times in your life when a sure enough real life angel in human form uh, was in front of you or ministered to you and, and, and you had no idea. There's been two times in my life I think that's happened that I really believe with all of my heart that that took place. And one of those particular times was a time of confronting and, and correcting and challenging I was I was pastoring in South Carolina, and and me and Tammy and a, and, and a, another young couple uh, uh, was going to church there at Victory. And this was on a Thursday night, and I had him in the car. And we was you know it's about a forty five minute drive, and and we pulled into a gas station, and uh, I was getting some gas, and this guy come up to the car, and 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 dude looked like John the Baptist come out the wilderness, wild eyed. I'm talking about I'm talking about just wild eyed. And, and, and saying stuff, just crazy stuff, seeming to me, you know, something sounding spiritual. And he, he says, he says well, do you know anything about the Bible, sir? And, it, and, 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 and now that I look back at it now, I look, boy, I, I must have sounded really arrogant and cocky. I said, yeah, because I'm a preacher. And boy, the biggest smile come across his face. He said, is that right? Well, he asked me a couple biblical questions. I had no clue. And I'm just standing there, and I'm, uh, uh, 
And he, he pulled on my shirt. What do you say, preacher? Come on, come on, preacher. What do you say? What, what's the And I said, uh, I think I got to go. And got my car. And boy, the whole time, that tormented me. Because here I am, supposed to be a preacher. Now, that don't mean the preacher's going to know everything. Period. It, that, the greatest day of my life when I realized I didn't have to know everything. And every question asked me, I didn't have to have an immediate answer, but I could go find it. Amen? But I believe at that moment, God was challenging me. Because the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needs not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Our, how much confidence do we have in our life? In our Christian walk and in our Christian stand. Not to the point of being prideful, but being confident. Being confident. The more you know, the more confidence you're going to have. Knowledge is important. Not only, not only to help us with our walk with God, but knowledge filters out fears and superstitions. How many times are we afraid of stuff that's really not real or not going to take place, but just because we don't know? Man, I, it was a great day in my life when I realized there was no such thing as the boogeyman. Do I have a witness, anybody? Wasn't that a great day? How many times are we afraid of things in life that we fear, and then we come to that point where we realize, God, that's not so? Wasn't it a great day when you realize God didn't hate you? That you could get over your past? Amen? Now, here's the deal. <laughs> I knew this wasn't going to work. Amen. Number one, let's look at these real quick, real quick. Our part, the ifs, verses one through one through four. One through four. There's information we must attain. He says this, my son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. I want you to look down. I want you to look down in verse number six. This kind of goes into the then, but I want, you to, I want you to see this. For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh what? Now that's what we're supposed to get, right? That's our job. Our job is to get or gain knowledge. It's his job to tell us how to use it, right? It's his job to give us the right use of knowledge. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge, but it's our job to gain knowledge. Where are we going to get it? Watch this. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his, out of his, out of his cometh what? All right. What comes out of your mouth? Say it again. Say it again. What is this? So where do we need to go to gain knowledge? His word. Why do you think? Why do you think when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, that when, when the devil came and tempted him with bread, said, listen, won't you, won't you turn these stones into bread? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Do you realize what's in this book is more important than what's in your cupboard at home? But a lot of us don't treat it that way. And sometimes I don't. I, I, I'm the first to admit tell you what I don't want to miss a meal but many times we don't think about missing the word 
when God says he sees that more important than our daily food. Why? Because that's where we're going to get the knowledge we need. That's where we're going to get what we need to know to accomplish what we need to do in life. Amen? Now watch this. Information, he says, my son, if thou wilt receive my, what? Verse 1, verse 1, my, and hide my, okay, that's the information we attained. Two things right here, A and B. It's received through instruction and reading. It's received through instruction and reading. There's two parts to this. I believe it goes together. I believe there has to be a two-part deal. I don't believe you need to just come, and the only time you have your Bible is when you walk in this building. That won't work that way. I believe it's a two-part deal. You say, well, I'm not a good reader. Get it on CD. Get it, get it in your iPhone or get it in your iPad or get it in whatever you have. I don't have none of that stuff. Well, get something because it's really, really important. It's two parts. There is a part that God puts people like me in this place to help you, but God gives you a responsibility to take it up on your own to gain and get this. The more of this you know, the more knowledge and wisdom you're going to receive. But it's not going to come. I can't spoon feed you all the time. Now, there's going to be a difference. There's going to be a difference between this crowd and the Sunday morning crowd because you're coming. You're wanting more. You're desiring more. You're desiring meat. Now, there's only a certain depth that I can go on Sunday morning because Sunday mornings usually has a ton of lost people in it, a ton of baby Christians, a ton of shallow people, and the deeper you go, it might be a little bit deep for some people, but you're growing, you're developing, you're seeking. But there is a further step that's outside these doors that takes study and reading. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. All right, we have to read. He said, he told, Paul told Timothy, he says, give exhortation to reading. Read the word. In the word, it, is, it gives you what you need to, to, to know how to live. It gives you what you need to know how to die. It gives you what you need to know for everything in life. It's profitable for everything in life. All right, two parts, reading and instruction. Coming and being taught. Coming and being instructed. Instruction has, has to do the active process of imparting knowledge or skills to another. Proverbs 23, 12 says, Apply thine heart in, unto instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. Now, let me tell you who's not going to do that. That one that already thinks he knows everything. <laughs> and that has to do with pride. You cannot teach somebody something that knows everything already but if you come hungering for knowledge and instruction you're going to get something amen now the information we need is received through instruction and reading now here's another key part it's retained say that word with me it's retained through incorporation and repetition some of these verses that I've got memorized, I've, I've said them over and over and over and over again ever since I was a little kid. Some of them I learned when I was in fourth or fifth grade, and, and, and they're, just, they just, they're just there. I mean, it's like it's cemented into my mind because I've repeated them over and over and over and over again. He says this, thy word have I 
hid. Say it with me. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now here's the thing. Two, two words I want you to get. Incorporation and repetition. Say those two with me. Incorporation and repetition. That means to blend together. To unite or work into something already existent so as to form an indistinguishable whole. What does that mean? This Bible in my life. We mix it together so that when you see my life, you see the... Let me say it again. We have the Bible in my life, my living, my behavior. It is, this is the way it's supposed to be. Thy word have I hid in my heart. I incorporate it into my life. I learn it and I do it. We are to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So that it incorporates and it because it becomes an indistinguishable whole. In other words, you can't tell it apart. You can't tell it that it's two different things anymore. It looks like one deal. In the beginning was the and the word was with and the word was uh-huh. Later on in that chapter, and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. Who was the word? So when this becomes us and we become it, we look just like. Romans 8, 28. For all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. What's his purpose for whom he did foreknow he did predestinate that we be conformed to the image of his. Is that not cool? Watch. Watch this. My son of that will receive except my words. You see that, that, that word receive is so important because you're not going to receive anything you don't like. And, 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 and you got to accept it. I've been in church before and the preacher gave me a verse and I didn't accept it. Because I didn't like it. Because it hurt. But then when I realized how right it was and how wrong I was. And I accepted it. It didn't help me till I accepted it. Amen? We getting somewhere? I'm taking a lot longer than I wanted to, but I, I, I'm, I'm not going to rush through nothing. We got all till Jesus comes. Amen? So, uh, hide my commandments with thee. Blend it. Bring it. Make it one. Let me, let me just read that again because that is really good. To unite or work into something already existent so as to form an indistinguishable whole. How many of you would like to just when people see you, they say, man, I look like Jesus. Are you Jesus? Are they doing that? They need to be. Wouldn't that be cool if people from Temple just are all over this, are all over this? And now watch this. When Jesus was here, when Jesus was here, he said, I am the light of the world. Right? Then when he went to heaven, he looked at you and said, now, you're the light of the world. Now, you don't have to, you don't have to bring up your own flame. 
Your light is his light. Amen? Here's the way this works. How many of you have ever seen one of them hurricane lamps? Isn't that what you call them things? Hurricane lamp. Is there anything else you call them? Oil lamp? All right. You, you have the oil inside. It's this glass vessel and, and the light. And then the oil, you know, the oil typifying the Holy Spirit. You're the vessel. You contain it. You don't have to, you don't have to make it. You just be Jesus. Amen? Now watch. Here we go. It's retained. It's retained through incorporation and repetition. Let's go out and do it. Don't just come in here and learn it. Go out and do it. Now, number two, quickly, quickly. Uh all right, so we know we got to get something. We got to gain knowledge. We have to gain knowledge. We have to get some information. We have to get some information. Our job is to get information. We need to know something about God. We need to know something about His Word. That's the information we need to get. Uh, so now we are on a quest, right? We're on a quest to know something. I want to know God better tomorrow than I knew today. I want to know Him more. You know, Paul said it this way. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to know him. I want to know everything about him. I want to know God. All right? Now, my quest is to gain knowledge. Now, how are we going to do that? He says it. He gives us, he gives us instructions. Now, watch what he says. Verse 2. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding yea if thou verse 3 yea if thou what do you use to do that mouth so first we have an ear we have a heart we have a mouth involved in getting this knowledge if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy which you use your what to do that your mouth your voice for understanding if thou seekest her silver and searchest for her hid treasures then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. All right, so let's look at the instruments we activate. First, there's ears. Now, this is not real complicated. What do you do with your ears? What are you supposed to do with your ears? Listen. Listen. Sometimes that's complicated, isn't it? All right. Uh Communication. Communication. Is me telling you something communication? You sure? Usually communication is a two-way street. Right? Now how often, how often do we get out on our knees and, and prayer is about communication, right? Prayer is about intimacy with God, right? Right? Y'all getting, come on now. Getting quiet. It's about communication. That's all prayer is. It's talking to God and God talking to you. But how many times we got, God, I need this and God, I need that. And God, I need you to forget about what I did yesterday. And God, I need you to help me over here. And, and in Jesus' name, amen. See ya. That's the same equivalent. That's the same equivalent as Let's say there's an old-time gas station, and there is an attendant at the gas station. And, and that attendant's there, and you pull beside him and say, fill her up. But you never stop the car. 
and you just keep driving. You make a turn. This is really like some of my daughters. I, I, I just, We was at the gas station having a wonderful time the other day. Becca, amen. Uh, and, and, and fill her up, sir. Uh, okay. And he's standing there with the, with the, th- fill her up. Uh, I, uh, fill. How many times do we ask God to give us stuff, but we don't never slow down? Why don't God speak to me? He is. You're not listening. Now, has this ever happened, ladies and gentlemen? On one or the other, I'm not going to say who does what, but one spouse is standing here, and the other's coming, and and the spouse begins the conversation, and the other spouse just kind of acknowledges it a little bit and just keeps walking. I ain't going to say which side does what. Has that ever happened? Now the spouse is trying to communicate. And they just, that's real frustrating. And I wonder how many times God gets frustrated because he knows, he knows we need help and we're asking for help and he tries to help, but we won't listen. He says, incline thine ear. The word incline means to lean toward. And you got to listen. Too many times, too many times. You know why people don't like this atmosphere as much? It's not entertaining enough. We don't have a souped up choir behind us. Don't have any music. There's people that will drive 350 miles to a gospel concert but won't go across the street to, to a Sunday school. You know why? There's no entertainment value. Because we're living in a day in a society where we don't want to listen. We want our ears tickled. And we want to be entertained. We want to show. And what happens is churches get in a mess because they have to keep putting on a bigger and bigger and bigger show. If the power and the change is not coming from the word and it's coming from the bigger show, well, next year you got to have a bigger show. Are y'all with me? And and so what happens is we come to church, we come to church a lot of times, and, and we've got everything on our mind, we've got everything on our mind but learning. We've got our bills, we've got what we got to do at work tomorrow, we've got we've had that argument that we, we didn't finish in the car before we got out, uh, we got the doctor's appointment, uh, Am I am I close? And I'm saying we. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting on to y'all. I'm not getting on to y'all because I'm. I'm right here with you. This is something we're learning together. We got to learn that when we come through those doors, we got to check it at the door. Because really, we're wasting our time. We're wasting our time if we do not. Because if we don't, then we're going to come in here and we're going to spend 45 minutes and leave and not hear from God. But I guarantee you this. You can accomplish more in 15 minutes of hearing from God than you can trying to do it on your own in two weeks. Because when it's a God thing, it'll work every time. 
But sometimes we just need to slow down and in order to listen, you got to hush. You got to hush. And you got to do it on purpose. My, my, my attention span is just terrible, terrible, terrible. And sometimes, sometimes I have to make myself, or, or not, that sounds bad. I have to really focus on Tammy to stay there and get the whole deal. And it's not just, it's, it's with anybody because I've got so much on my plate that my mind is always constantly in wide open gear. And, and that's not good. Sometimes we got to throw it in neutral and just listen. Incline thine ear. Then he says this. He says this. He says, cry after it. So we need to use our ears, but we need to use our mouth too. We need to use our mouth too. You say, well, you just said hush. I know I said that. But there is a time and a place for everything. There is a time and a place to speak up. Uh I went to I went to uh, uh, my junior year in high school. I'd never played golf before in my life. Never. We made fun of people that played golf. We were rednecks, you know. We we fished and hunted and wore camouflage. And golfers don't wear camouflage, man. They just unless you're Boo Weekly, and he's just a weird dude. But he's he's cool. He's my favorite golfer. He's the only golfer ever to been interviewed on TV with tobacco juice coming out of his mouth. It was great, man. But anyhow, he said, I feel like I'm jacked up like one of them greyhounds they shot the needle to. I said, man, that is great. I bet the PGA is really loving that. Amen. But anyhow, and and that that year, I went out for the golf team and, 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 and everything, and it, I thought it was kind of cool, and it was just awful. I was horrible. I went, I went and got a job at a golf course so I could play for free. Uh very wise move right there because it really put a crimp in my coon hunting when I never worked at a golf course anymore because I had to pay then and it was rough after that. Amen. But I, I could play for free. I was out there around all them golf pros and every time I got around one, I said, how do you hit this shot right here? How, how, what would you do right here? How do, how do you make this right? I'd irritate them to death. But in one year, I went from a horrible, horrible, horrible golfer to tying to go to the semifinals in the state in one year. Why? I opened my mouth. How do you do this? How do you do that? When's the last time you got so interested in what the Word of God says you just had to keep asking people, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? How many times have you been in life group? And, uh, and I've been in life group. And I'll say, okay, guys, what y'all learned today? Uh, uh, God's good, man. <laughs> y'all think I'm bugging y'all's houses, ain't you? <laughs> Brother Buchanan, what would happen to all the, the life group leaders if they asked that question at the beginning of the group and they couldn't shut people up because they had so many questions asked? Can you imagine what that would be like? Some of these ladies, I got that one. I got that groove. Amen. 
I got I got to brag on Carla a little bit. She uh she she'd come to my office with three or four notepads slammed full of questions. And I said, "Really?" <laughs> but that's important. That's important. Cry after it. That's what you do with your mouth. Then it says this. Then it says this. He says, incline thine ear into wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. There's got to be a listening. The mouth represents a looking. Then the heart represents a loving. Do you love the word? Do you love the word? The Psalms Psalms says it this way. Psalms 119.2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, that seek him with the whole heart. Psalms 119.10. With my whole heart. Have I sought thee? Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Listen, you're not going to put that kind of attention to it unless you love it. And 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 let me say this. That's not just going to jump on you. It will be duty first. In other words, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to. Then... It will be a desire. Now I'm starting to want to. And then it will become a delight. Now I don't just jump out of bed and say, Can you read my Bible? I don't do that. Sometimes I say, man, I need to read my Bible. But boy, I start into it. And I get interested in something. And then God uncovers a diamond. And I'm like, wow. I got to tell somebody about this. Don't don't say, well, I'm just waiting for that feeling to hit me. That ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen because of this. Number three. Number three. We see the initiative. Say that word. We see the initiative. Initiative. You got to take initiative. Watch how we're supposed to look for this. Verse 4. If thou seekest her as. If thou seekest her as. And searchest for her as for hid. Hey. There is a value. That's placed. If you don't place value. In learning the word. You will never make it. If you do not see the value in it, if you do not understand how valuable it is, and and you say, well, how valuable is it? God compares the word to, to silver and gold and treasure. Do you treasure this? Now, what, how, how do you, how do you, what, what do you do with silver or treasure? You seek for it. You go after it. You do everything you can to get it. Amen? There's value placed on it. You know why a lot of people's not here tonight? It's not very valuable to them. There'll be people. There'll be people at a, at a at a race at Talladega because to them that's valuable. They place high value on the entertainment value of that. And 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 where do we place our value? Watch this. Where a man's treasure is, there will his. Amen. Now watch this. There's a value that's placed. Then be. Write this down. There's a vigilance. There's a vigilance that's practiced. 
uses two words, seekest and searchest. Silver is mined out of the ground, and it must be dug out. I had a teacher one time. I had a teacher one time. Uh, it was marine biology. It was my senior year in high school. I didn't have to have the credit, and I'm ashamed of this, and all my kids don't pay attention to what I'm fixing to say. But I didn't need the credit. You know, it was just, it was just an easy class to take. And uh, so every day I was in the class, and it was the last period of the day, and I was tired. So, head or arm on the desk, head on the arm, snoring and drooling going on. Say amen. And one day, one day, <laughs> Mr. Priest came by, and uh, that was his name. Uh, uh, really good guy, man. I, I'm ashamed that I treated his class the way I did, but he knew it was marine biology and about everybody else did, so he, he was cool with it. And uh, and he walked by and he tapped the desk. And I looked up one eye. He said, Malcolm, this does not work by osmosis. And if you know what osmosis means, this, this, this knowledge and information in this book is not going to soak through my head. Are y'all with me? He said, you're going to have to take some, be, be a disciple. The, the more you fall in love with that Bible in your lap, and the more initiative you take with it, the stronger you're going to get as a Christian. And the stronger the Christians in this building get, the stronger our church will be. And the stronger our church is, the more influence we're going to have on society. And we will truly, truly become salt and light. Amen? We, <laughs> we, we uh, exceeded our time limit. But we do have three minutes left. Amen? Uh, Dustin's up there shaking his head. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. We're going to pray. Uh, we kind of got crowded up tonight because I, I, there was, anyhow. Uh, how many of y'all are praying diligently for this weekend? Hey, give them invitations out. I've been giving them out everywhere. Every fast food place I stop, I give them out. I've been talking. And, and, and let me say this, too. Let me say this. When God speaks to you, you stop and do what he tells you. What do you mean, preacher? What do you mean? I, this is what I mean. I was at a fellow's. I was at a fellow's shop yesterday, and uh, and he asked me something about church. You know, and I, I go there all the time. One of my friends, and it was his, the guy that works for him, and we talked about something. I walked out the door, and I was going. I went to get in my truck, and God said, "He just asked you stuff about church." And I'm, you know, I'm a little slow. And he says, "Hello." divine appointment so I stop and I turn around and go back in the building and I start scraping glass that they were fixing to paint just act like I just had more time to spare and we struck up a conversation and 
and God just, I don't don't know what God's going to do with it. Then in another situation, another situation, there was a a lady at the laundromat, Tammy had a bunch of rugs, she wanted to uh, get clean, and and, and there there was a lady that uh, uh, was from Iowa, had everything packed in the the car, and uh, honestly, I I wasn't sure whether she was homeless or or, or what the deal was, because it just, it it looked kind of that way, and and uh, and uh, she had a little dog there, and you know I'm not I'm not good at talking to strangers. I'm not good at talking to people I know, much less strangers. But God just kept saying, and uh, and I'm trying to get the courage. I'm sitting in my car trying to get the courage to get out. See, y'all ain't the only scaredy cat. And uh, and then I see her go to leave. I said, Oh man! So I get out my car. And uh, she's got a little Yorkie there. I said, you know, my wife's got a car, a, 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 a dog just like that. And her face just lit up. Now, when we was inside the laundromat, she didn't speak to me. I didn't speak to her. We kind of didn't look at each other. And, and, and she said, is that right? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, it looks just like that. And she says, won't you hold it? And gave me the dog. I said, ma'am, I said, you're just passing through. And she says, she says, yeah. I says, well, when are you going back to Iowa? She says, well, when it gets warmer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back. She said, I'm just staying at the monastery right now. And I said, well, he, here's an invite. We're having, a, we're having an Easter thing this weekend, and it's going to be a pretty good deal. Now, I don't know what God's going to do with that stuff. What I'm saying is this. Take advantages of the opportunities that God speaks to you about because they could be divine appointments. Amen? Father, help us be diligent to search your word and seek it out as silver and gold. God, give us what we stand in need of tonight. Lord, bless everybody. I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I need everybody's attention real quick. Now, I'm not telling you you got to leave, but I'm telling you you can't stay in here. All right? Uh, you ain't got to go home, but here's here's what we're trying to we're going to try to run through some things, and we're going to show some video, uh, uh, and part of it's the crucifixion scene, so we don't really need little bitty kids to to see that part. Uh, so if you can exit as, as as quick as you can, so we can go over this, and please, please, please be praying, 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 praying for this weekend.